FX presents Under the Banner of Heaven. This case I'm working on is a double murder. Inspired by the true crime bestseller by John Krakauer. Oh my God. And starring Academy Award nominee Andrew Garfield. The evidence points to things and to beliefs that I have only ever heard whisperings about. FX is Under the Banner of Heaven. All new Thursdays, only on Hulu. It's so nice out there. From sunny Mexican markets to sleepy Greek waves. And when you go as an Expedia member, you save more on the things that matter. Expedia. Made to travel. Terms apply. See site for details. Good morning, honey oh <laughs> <laughs> What was that? That was a yawn. That it was a yawn. I think uh, all of us can say that this week has been no bueno. Not for me. My week's been pretty good. Oh, I'm pretty worn out. <laughs> I just don't rub it in your guys' faces that my week's been good. Because he has all of next week off, so <laughs> I'm I'm dead tired. Yeah, I agree. It's project week, which means busy all day, every day, but not for me. It's a lot of monitoring, but it's pretty low key. Monitoring their projects. Yeah. What projects are they doing? Uh, they're looking into energy resources. Ooh. Huh. Like uh, they gotta make a slideshow about like renewable and non-renewable. My eye is twitching. Hold on. That happened to me earlier today. Your eyes like, twitching? Like yeah. does ever like my cheek earlier today was like like, like spasm, know? like a muscle spasm under your eye. Yeah. Has that yeah. ever happened to you? Mm-mm. Mm, it's weird. So well, they're, guys, they're going to find us new energy sources. Go <laughs> <laughs> give them a Pokemon card. <laughs> <laughs> I gave a couple of them Pokemon cards today. They they're doing good. They're doing good. You know, we're just making it. Well, guys, welcome to the podcast. Honey Hole Hangout is the name of our podcast, and we are the collaboration of four outdoorsmen who somehow afforded podcast equipment and figured out how to release content on the internet. These are our stories, opinions, and perceptions of outdoor pursuits in the modern sporting world. Basically, we talk about hunting, fly fishing, whatever else we want. Whatever else we want, basically. Hey, Cliff, what do you want to talk about tonight? Back of my eyelids, honestly. <laughs> I'm tired. Did you did you guys ever hear the check for pinholes? Check for pinholes? Yeah. That's what my mom always said. Mm-mm. Like if she caught you like taking a nap, she'd be like, You checking for pinholes? Uh, like in your eyelids? Yeah, like little holes in your eyelids, you know? No, I always no. just said her rest of my eyes. No. Oh no, I think we're talking about gifts, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. What you're gonna get me for Christmas. We got a surprise coming for you. We do. You had to pay for it, but it's on its way. I think you'll like it. Yeah, put that in the the notes. I got to stop making funny comments into the Venmo payments <laughs> because <laughs> I, I try to go back through because I was rebuilding like my budget uh-huh. and stuff. And I was like, oh, did I pay them for this? And then I was going through and it's like raccoon farts or something like that. <laughs> I was like, I don't even remember what that was yeah, for. Yeah, what was that for? <laughs> uh, see, that's why I try to go emoji adjacent, you know. If it's for, like, a fishing trip, I'd, you know, put a little fishing pole there. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't do that. I do appreciate the funny comments, though. There was one I said I put on yours. Well, those are normally Ian's. 
Raccoon Ian fart. loves raccoon farts, <laughs> fart jokes. Make his day great. He, it, I guess it does. <laughs> but there was one on one of the last payments and stuff that we did for you that I put something that I felt was golden. And then I was going back through and I was like, what was that for again? Like when I was redoing the budget stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I keep mine uh, private. Nobody's going to see mine. Oh, but I, 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 my private setting is on too. Mm. The the stuff, even when I'm funny, I just want y'all to know it. Not, <laughs> not the world. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, whiskey is this week is another donation from Gabe. Thank you, Gabe. Thanks, Gabe. This is Nika from the Barrel, is what it's called. Nika whiskey from the Barrel. It's a Japanese whiskey. It bottle will run you about seventy to eighty dollars. Uh huh. From the barrel is an extremely complex blended whiskey bottled at fifty one percent ABV. In order to deliver its richness and full flavors, the blended liquor goes into used barrels for another few months for marriage before it's bottled. Wait, so where where do they finish it in? Uh, and you they finish it in used barrels. What type of used barrels? Uh, this doesn't say. Nika from the Oil. Barrel is Whiskey Advocate's 2018 Whiskey of the Year. It is a blend of single malt and single grain whiskeys made in the same way that blended Scotch whiskeys are, except not made in Scotland. Over 100 whiskeys are blended together, aged in various bourbon barrels, sherry, and more to create this Japanese whiskey. That just sounds like they took a bunch of leftovers and poured it into a barrel. And then like, oh, what's a fancy name we can put on this? All right, now can we sell it? Yeah. Whereas last last week was probably the best whiskey, one of the best whiskeys I've ever tried. This one kind of tastes like what you just explained. Just a bunch of nonsense it's, it's, leftovers. It's like a bunch of stuff happening, and it's also like... It's the li- casserole of whiskeys. So the whiskey we tried last week was also is one of your favorites ever. And it was more of a scotch tasting whiskey, which is interesting because you're like very pro bourbon, anti scotch. I can be pro bourbon and like a scotch every now and then. Yeah, but saying a scotch, <laughs> but saying that that is one of your favorite whiskeys ever. Last week was probably one of my favorite sips of whiskey I've ever had. Yes, I will say that. It was fantastic. Nika from the barrel is packed with sweet honey, caramel, vanilla cream, and fruits, including berries, plums, dates, and oranges. The vanilla cream reinforces the grain whiskeys. Presence providing lightly buttery flavors that add wonderful richness and mouthfeel. Do you feel like that? It does. So it is coated in my mouth. Actually, as you said, buttery. It, like it, it leaves a presence in your mouth. Especially that the second sip was better than the first. First sip hit me hard. This one, though, is nice. Hmm. Or at least better than it was. It's right there. Tip of the tongue. The teeth, the lips. <laughs> Tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. Hmm, interesting. Just do it out of there. That's what I was going to do. But do it in two sips because, like, you really need that second sip. Very interesting. I definitely get the caramel. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the point. It was good going in. It's, it's the after that I didn't like. Like you said, though, how it kind of sits there. It does it have a... Your mouth. It it does coat your mouth and it does have a heavy presence. It do, like it really does, and it, yeah. like the the initial hit leaves you. And you're just kind of left with like almost kind of like you know like when you drink Coke, you know like it leaves your that. Like you can just kind of like taste like it. Like it's still here, and I haven't had a sip in like 
45 seconds probably. Yeah, and it, but it's not just like the the that heat. It's like it actually has like a layer yeah on your on your gums and on your mouth. It's very interesting. No, I can still feel it burning on my tongue. <laughs> as as far as like I would just say for me this is just an average with like kind yeah. of like out of everything we've tried, I just kind of throw this in the middle. It's gotten better as I sip on it. Correct. Uh, I would agree. Still not what we had last week. Mm-mm. Last week's was very good. Yeah, and most bourbons are better than this. What did you think, Cliff? It's still burning. You have a mouth of disgust. It's still burning. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not here for it. No. Yeah. You got to finish the rest, though, because you put your lips on that. We're going to use that bottle <laughs> as a spitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys done any hunting or fishing or been outside this week? Been I, outside. Yeah, you've been outside. Tell us about it. Yeah, tell us about it. Uh, so, went down to a special spot mm-hmm. and uh, helped around uh, the ranch and whatnot. And we ended up moving feeders and clearing senderos, cutting wood, and all this other stuff. Uh, it's a work weekend. But when we were moving, one of the feeders, which actually nullifies my archery spot at this on this property um oh that whiskey's still sitting um (laughs) so uh we moved a feeder that nullifies my archery spot but the legs of the feeder had filled up with water and stuff and uh when we laid it down and everything some corn had obviously gotten into the the legs and stuff as well it was nice and fermented. It was definitely a reminiscent smell of a mash bill coming from those legs. And poured all over me. It smelled pretty good, but you definitely knew what it was. How did it taste? Didn't taste it. Didn't want to. Really? Uh-uh. Yeah. No. But yeah. It, so you uh, did definitely some, you made did mash. Some, so you did some ranch work. I did ranch work. Yeah. It was fun. We were going to hunt uh, the morning the second morning down there, but we didn't see any uh, birds fly or anything, although I was promised a duck hunt. And uh, we didn't see any birds fly, so the guy I was with said that he didn't want to hunt in the morning because he didn't see anything. It wasn't going to be fruitful or anything and like that. And then uh, there was a bunch of ducks. And so I, I set up all my stuff like I was going to go hunt the morning and then 5:45 rolled around and my alarm goes off and I kind of think to myself I'm like well I'm going to hit snooze button and so then the next alarm goes off and I kind of think to myself it's like man I'm tired he's not going to go so I'm going to go out there sit in the sit alone and probably not see any birds or anything like that. So I decided to sleep in too. And uh, we got up and we were drinking our coffee and everything in the morning. And once we started stirring around, sure enough, about eight or nine black belly whistlers come off of the pond that we were planning on hunting that morning. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's how it works, man. But yeah. they, they, those are kind of more residential ducks, so they'll still be there. It's not like they're going anywhere. Can you imagine dying in your home? 
all the time. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> what about you, Zach? Anything interesting been happening? Man, I went to the tech game. I know we're not a tech podcast, but it was so much fun. Well, we're turning into one. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it. Uh, yeah, it because fun. it was very exciting. It was, man. Like we hadn't had that much energy in three years, and all of a sudden it was just like everyone's feeling, it, everyone's pumped. Well, we're bowl eligible for the first time in, in five or in four years. Four years, and we still have two games left, so we're bowl eligible with two games left. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was fun. It was a good atmosphere to be in since, I mean, Matt Wells' era was not our finest. Also, uh, that uh, field goal is now the FBS record. For a game winner. A For game a game winning, winner. Uh, For a game yeah, winning field goal. There's been three other field goals that are technically longer, but not to like, seal a game. Mm-hmm. So I found out, too, after that happened, that McKenna's cousin at one point held the record for the longest field goal oh, really? in college football. <coughs> Played for UTEP. It was a 59-yarder. It was a game winner against Rice. That's cool. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my dad because he went to the game with me, and uh, he was at the airport, and I was driving back, and I called him, and uh, we were just kind of talking about the weekend. And uh, he had his tech hat on, and all of a sudden I hear this lady come up to him in the airport and is like, go tech. She was like, my uh, my brother in law is a new head coach at that at that school. <laughs> <laughs> I hear her say that like close enough to my dad, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's neat." So, well, I'll tell you what. Ever since the coach got hired, uh, our recruiting has been. Yeah. We're sitting at number twelve. I know, and it's the, probably going to get better as it goes on. Yeah, sitting at the number twelve spot for the best recruits for next season. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. You know who's go who has bowl games on the horizon. UGA. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think UGA could miss a bowl game at this point. Nope. No. We'll just see. We'll just we'll just have to see with UGA. They start strong and yeah, then I, blow it for the bowl game. Well, Hey, was I, UGA I'm, the villain in Waterboy? No, that was uh, – they were the Bulldogs in Waterboy. No, they, they were the Mud Dogs. They were the Mud Dogs, and they played UGA, I think – no, I think well they played a a fake school. Mm. Well, Mud Dogs are a fake school, right? And so was the team that they played. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was a fake school. It wasn't UGA, uh, but I feel like it was supposed to be a Louisiana school as yeah. well. Maybe. How did you feel about the officiating in the game? Because I saw that the Texas Tech announcers got yeah, suspended got, for a game. They can't. They can't announce. <laughs> I've never week. heard of that happening Maybe. ever. Announce game. Uh, game callers getting sus- a Big Twelve suspension for one game for the way that they called the game. There were some crazy things where it was like they're not going to let that go. They're not going to let that go. Or like it would, like there would be a clear touchdown, and all of a sudden they're back like forty yards again. And it's like no touchdown. I'm like what? What's going on? Also, I would say my mind was pretty occupied by the fact that they started selling liquor or alcohol at the Tech Games. <laughs> and so, like... That's a move. <laughs> it is. I miss some of it just standing in line. Oh, gotcha. So, you know. Hashtag worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I learned a double Also, fist, Texas lost to Kansas. To Kansas. And Kansas. Pretty bad, too, didn't they? No, it went to overtime, it but did. Kansas pulled a power move. Texas got the first drive in overtime. They scored, kicked a field goal. Kansas scored. They're like, screw it. We're going for the two-point conversion, and they got it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. They pulled a – so that was I'm, good. I'm excited to see uh, you know, Texas go to the SEC. Their, their outlook for the SEC does not look good for them. No. And I don't know if they're thinking we're going to go to the SEC and start recruiting better or what because it's just not, not hot. 
Mm-mm. And our basketball teams. Well, they still get the they still get the recruits. They just not playing, and their yeah. people are transferring. Something's not good. I don't know. I don't know. Who's their coach right now? Is it is it Herman? Bobby Boucher. Bobby no, Boucher. Sharkeesian. Sharkeesian. Steve uh, Sharkeesian. Tom Herman was the. Um, I think he was the coach. He was he U of fired. H, and then he went to UT. Yeah, I think he got fired. Did he? So yeah, don't quote me on that. I don't know. That, I just know they lost to Kansas the weekend. And so welcome to the college football podcast. We're no longer talking about hunting and fishing. <laughs> hey, we we say you know if you do, uh, what's our our line? Inspire more people to love the outdoors. Zach was technically outside at a football I game. I was outside at a football Therefore, game. Therefore, it fits within our. I'm just saying that our listeners aren't paying for us to talk about. Uh, you know that's probably true. Yeah. They don't care about our football predictions. No. All right. I'm not even predicting anything. I'm just recapping. Yeah. They already know they what I'm talking about. They don't care about our recaps. <laughs> they, are, they already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> so, let's, so you don't think they talked about you? <laughs> they don't. You don't think our listeners cared about you talking about the Atlanta Braves when the World Series won? No, just because you was, were interested was, uh, in it? That was an important historic moment. And Cliff, I think we talked about baseball more than Cliff did. Yeah. I just okay. watched it on my phone. All right, so let's go on. <laughs> All right, you guys want to talk about some stories? Yeah. Did we get any questions? No. Uh, I forgot to ask our listeners oh, questions. Oh man. Yeah, my week's been kind of. No, you're good. Kind of crazy. So, all right, I'll go first. This is. Yeah, we'll call it C four. <laughs> Conservation corner. These uh, I brought two articles. They are both local stories, which is very cool. Um, this one is from KSAT, local San Antonio news station. Uh, people are dumping aquarium pets in the San Antonio River, and it could cause bank collapse. Aquarium fish are considered an invasive species and do not belong in the San Antonio River. A public service announcement from the San Antonio River Authority details the risks to the ecosystem when people dump fish into local waterways. Some of the invasive species causing the most harm to the San Antonio River are uh, pl- pl- Lacostomus, and uh, tilapia. They burrow into riverbanks, which leads to erosion of the banks and eventually bank collapse. This leads to unstable sections of creeks and rivers and increased turbidity. Turbidity refers to the murkiness of the water, which actually increases the temperature of the water while simultaneously decreasing oxygen levels that are needed to sustain native fish, freshwater mussels, and aquatic insects. They also said non-native tilapia can outcompete some of the native species for habitat and referred to them as a very aggressive species. We do not conduct a targeted effort to remove invasive fish species from the river, said Donovan. The invasive species most commonly found, tilapia and placosimus, are abundant, even enough that a targeted effort would not have a meaningful impact on their populations. The most intensive efforts we conduct for non-native removal is during dewatering events, basically where they, they drain the water. They drain the San Antonio River. Um, this is more like River Walk territory, but they drain the San Antonio River, and they kill all the placosimus. Well, they're really doing it to clean it out because that's where all the boat traffic is, and you can do like the River Walk tours, and it just gets kind of dirty and mossy, and yeah, and they clean out all of the um, the scooters and stuff. Yeah, all the <laughs> all the lifts, lime scooters, <laughs> lime scooters that people throw in the river, and uh, and so when they do those dewatering events, they obviously kill all the in- invasive species. But other than that, there's no targeted efforts 
I also think it's funny that they say there's no targeted efforts to remove invasive species, but you can report any sightings of invasive species in the San Antonio River by calling 866-345-7272 or via the River Authority website. So do you think anybody's called about that section right there by Gloria's, or do you think they're just like, eh, there's just too many? I th- I think they know where they are. and The like, Pearl area? Yeah. Yeah. Wherever, there's like hundreds of placosimus right where, there. Wherever... Wherever you go, especially in the downtown section, wherever you go, there's like you'll just see tilapia and placosmus yeah. everywhere. Do you think they should open up uh, bow fishing for those species on there? Yes, on there. Uh, probably not bow fishing. They're not going to do area. it because it's downtown. But what they should let you do is spearfish. They won't let they won't let you do that either because I mean if you're going to spearfish, you need to be in the water. That's a safety boat. hazard yeah, with all the boat over. traffic. The boats don't go up to the La Gloria area. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. do. They, turn, they turn around there. Uh, yeah, they turn around years. there at the Pearl. I've never seen them go up to mm-hmm. uh, yeah. all the way to La Gloria. Yeah, they, they go do. all the way to that little waterfall and they turn around. Yep. I haven't seen that. Yeah. yeah. And a guy, there was a story a couple months ago of a guy who has a big YouTube channel where he, like, snorkels and picks up, like, yeah. equipment. He got in trouble because he was in the water. In the water. Yeah. And he got a lot of trouble. Yeah. For and doing another, it. another YouTuber I follow, he had his kayak on there. And it was when the, you weren't supposed to have the kayaks on there. And um, he got in trouble for that as well. Mm. Can you have kayaks on there? Oh, no. They opened it up. They opened right. it up during COVID for a very right. short couple of months. And now I think it's back to normal where you can't have a kayak on there. Mm. You could probably still spearfish from the bank, though. Yeah. Yeah. You could gig them. Yeah, or you could just catch them on a fly. You could do that too, and then take them home and eat them. Nah, would you I, I want to gig them? Would I eat a pleco? No. Yeah. Would I eat a tilapia? Yes. Yeah. But from there, probably. N- I don't know. That's pretty rough water right there. Yeah. Like it's, that whole area is just gross. Everything's mm-hmm. pumping into it. it turns mm-hmm. poo brown every now and then. Yeah. I mean, you can just smell the river. Walking up on it. Yeah, and every time a boat goes by where it kicks up everything, it's like, oh. Well, not to mention, you know, everybody's junk from there that they put in their fertilizer, they put in their yard and everything washed gets washed into the river. Yeah, that's that's a big problem. Yeah. Fertilizer gets washed into the river, and that, you know, you don't want to be drinking or eating that stuff. Uh, we've talked about it before. Basically, you know. Don't put your animals Don't in put your fish tank fish into the river. Also, you're not if you catch an invasive species, you're technically not supposed to put it back in the river. I have been an advocate for, and I've talked about it in the past and asked some people, I would be an advocate for like a fish dump station because I would go and specifically catch invasives to pull them out of the river because I'm not going to eat a placosmus and like after our conversation, definitely not eating a tilapia out of the San Antonio River. But I'm also not going to bring them home yeah, and smell up my garage until the trash comes. We should just go catch a bunch of them and line them up on the river walk and see how many people talk to us. Well, and that's the other thing. You can't just like the river walk. You can't uh, just I like throw have some care and come up. And be like, what are you doing? Oh yeah, yeah, you get more than one probably. Yeah, you'd be like, no, I'm supposed to do. this Well, it's legally. a five hundred dollar fine if you re-release an invasive species into the river. I know. So you're 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 in a dilemma of you know yeah, you want to ha- so like. This is something I ran into a couple years ago. I want to help and remove invasive species out of the river. Yep. I'm not going to eat them, and I'm not going to bring them back to my house nope. to smell at my garage of 
dead, nasty fish. And so it would be nice if there was, like, a fish dump station near the river walk in some way or, like, around town. I'd fill up a bucket, and you could go dump the fish Don't at the dump station. just take them all up to Alston and drop them off? Yeah, or you could just put them in a giant blender, and they could take the food to, like, SeaWorld and feed the dolphins with it. Oh, that's Ooh. a good idea. Or why don't we just take them to... Why don't, yeah, why don't we feed Plecos to... Uh, Take them to SeaWorld, and they can feed, like, the orcas. We could, like, freeze them in little pellets like they did in Flipper, and then we could just, like, drop them off. Like hmm. a Soylent Green-style thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a Soylent Green-style thing. Except we're not feeding Plecos Plecos. No. We're feeding Dolphins Plecos. The, they're not even the same. The cinnamon, they're not even the same family. The cin- similarity ended at, like, just making a pill-shaped food object for something. Oh, yeah. No, like blending anything and then freezing it into a compact and easily yeah. edible form. Draw it out. Yeah. Don't forget to ride your stationary bicycle for electricity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think about my idea of like having a fish dump station? Or I think it's it's one stop too many. What do you mean it's one stop too many? I wouldn't go to a fish dump station. Realistically, I'd probably just throw it on the bank. But even like at... Would you get in trouble for about? putting them into a cooler and throwing them out your window as you drive down the road? No, realistically, uh, at the Riverwalk, I'd probably, like, stab its brain and then put it back in the water. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, like... You got rotting fish in the water. <laughs> yeah, the no. way... You got water... Rotting, I, if what do they want you to do? What do they want you to do? Because well, I'm not going to take it home. No, no one wants to take it home. And then, you technically, it's illegal to put it back in the river. If Alive. you catch it, <laughs> 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 guess just throw them up on the bank. And then when someone complains that we threw a, you know, kill it, throw it up on the bank, and when someone complains... Or, then ask for the station. <laughs> or we could just dump them in the trash cans around uh, around the pearl. Can you Ooh. imagine those <laughs> in the way and opening up and hearing something flop in the trash can? We could just throw them in the trash cans around the pearl. And Somebody would think there's a baby in there. And then once... You know, once a smell Who's throwing away babies in the trash can at La Gloria? (laughs) (laughs) Not a respectable person, but I'm just saying. Somebody's first thought. If you you went to a trash can and you heard something flopping around, you couldn't see in it, you might think there's a baby. My first thought would not be a baby. It might be a baby. I would think like a A raccoon raccoon or... Raccoons in the trash. And actually putting dead fish into the trash would attract raccoons (laughs) into the trash. (laughs) It would be a never-ending cycle of things moving in trash cans. And then eventually they're going to be like, who are these guys who are dumping fish in our trash cans? And we're going to be like, it's us. We need you to like provide a a dump station station, like right here so we can like dump all the invasives. I like it. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah. Could you take them down to a hungry shelter? If I'm not going to eat it, I don't feel good about... That's the thing. I mean, like, why? you know, it's like they say don't drop off, like, holy socks to Goodwill, you know? They don't want stuff you don't want. Yeah. Well, no, you're not allowed to drop socks and underwear off at Goodwill because there could be communicable diseases. Well, no, but, like, <laughs> even clothes. But like, we're also talking about fish that could have communicable diseases. Like, there's this, like, there's I this... I mean, communicable in a different sense. <laughs> no, there's, like, this thought that's like, oh, I got a, I got a hole in my pants. I don't want to keep them now. So I'll give them the goodwill. And it's like they don't want that. I, they don't. It's want that fashionable. Either. People yeah. buy holy pants all the time. Yeah, that's true. For like two hundred bucks too. I know. Goodness, that's expensive for <laughs> jeans. Yeah. With some holes in it. I get holes <laughs> in my jeans, and they're normal. How much did you spend on hearing protection? 
We're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a uh, health device. Oh, I bought okay. some Target jeans. You can use. You did can't you use, use your FSA? You can use your HSA oh, on it. Yeah, your HSA. Can you really? Yeah. On hearing protection. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Let's learn something new. Save your eardrums. I don't have an HSA, but. Yeah. All right. You guys ready for my next story? Yeah. What is it? Rare animal. Oh, this is uh, neat things in nature. Ooh. <laughs> also, a local San Antonio story. This one I found on KXXV. Rare animal spotted at recently built land bridge in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. A rare species has been recorded using a recently built uh, land bridge in Texas, according to the San Antonio Parks and Recreation Department. Known as the ringtail cat, the furry critter was spotted snacking on a Texas spiny lizard while enjoying a night stroll. A member of the raccoon family, ringtail cats are rarely seen because they are nocturnal and very shy. Since opening in April, the 165-foot wide bridge has shown to be effective at drawing wildlife away from busy roads. This is a cool, cool animal. I've never seen one before. It's related to the raccoon. It's related to the raccoon, ringtail cat. It's I got, can see it. It's got a lizard in its mouth too. Let me see Big it. old lizard. Dude, that land bridge is neat though. Oh, the, I it is. There. It is really cool, isn't it? I I, I, I want to put a game cam up on it. Let's, I don't know how that would go over, but probably not great. Can, you can lock them, right? Yeah. I have lock boxes and stuff, but it wouldn't That's take really much cool. even then for someone to. No, but the land bridge, these land bridges that they're putting up everywhere are like such a neat idea. They go over like heavy trafficked roads and they put like, it's a pretty wide bridge too. Yeah, this one goes over, I believe it's. Warsbach? War, is it Wars? Yeah, it's yeah, Warsbach, but it's uh, at Phil Harburg Park. Yeah. I know where that's at. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It's just an, it's just a neat idea, and to be honest, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't done this sooner. You know, I think it's an expense that is hard to justify. Yeah, for a lot of people, it's true. And thus, I mean, you're spending city taxpayer dollars and stuff on it, and it's like, well, is it a need or is it just a want? Should we build thing? a land bridge for animals, or should we fix this decrepit bridge over here in towns? Yeah, I can kind of see. Why not both? Because that takes taxpayer money <laughs> that we don't have. <laughs> uh, but the land bridge, it, it is a neat idea. And the one that they've built in San Antonio, it's pretty nice. It is. And you can go on to like Google Maps and stuff and see it as well. Mm-hmm. It's cool. They should put one of those like 24-7 cameras up. Yeah, I'd watch that. And they do. Yeah, they should. Like a city done like webcam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can just go check it out whenever. I put it up in my room. like A city cam? Like, you know, like, no, I don't no, think like, anyone wants put, to see that. I put the feed, <laughs> <laughs> feed up in my room. You want everyone in San Antonio to watch what you do in your bedroom? Yeah. <laughs> Stay your, out of my your, bedroom you, no longer counts. <laughs> <laughs> Taxpayer dollars, man. No, hard at work. <laughs> What's Zach up to? <laughs> Zach get, get, get a phone call from your mom. <laughs> hey. Stop that. Stop that right now. Out of the table. <laughs> I didn't even know. I had never seen a pit. Would, no, I've heard of ringtail cats, but never had known what one looked like no. until now. Or even had known that they would it be looks like, like a, a gleamer. Like a ferret crossed with a lemur crossed with a raccoon. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Cross with a weasel. It's neat though. I want one. Dang, that lizard's as big as its head. Yeah, I know, right. That's a big lizard. He's chowing too. Man, I just want to like be his friend. 
That's pretty cool. No, I think I I would do. I'd be okay with the city putting up a a cam or little, something, little twenty four seven cam. Yeah, like where they do it with like the eagles' nests and yeah, stuff like that. See what happens all day long. But I think the issue with is because that there is a walking trail right there. Then you would have people. Like, how do you go with that? What do you mean? It's well, public property. Oh, that's true. Right? I mean, like, we're... And I guess we all are all on CCTVs anyway. Yeah, we're on camera all day long anyways, unless you're in your home. Even then. Unless you're in my home, though. Then you're, <laughs> then you're, on, <laughs> then you're on that cam. <laughs> oh. All right, Cliff, what'd you, want, what'd, you bring, what'd you bring to us tonight? What'd I bring to the table? Yeah, what'd, we'd what'd you bring about? to the table? Prescribed burning. Oh, okay. All right. Teach me. What do you What do you have to say about it? Uh, what's your feelings and thoughts? Because I've only ever, I've only ever been on one place actively where they have prescribed burn, where I've seen it before and after, and it does work. It's amazing how it works. So how does it work? So what they do for a prescribed burn is you can. If it's your private property, and depending on where you're at, sometimes you have to notify, like, the fire department and get, like, permits and stuff for it. But in some areas, you don't have to do that. So you kind of go around and you do, like, a trail on the perimeter of your property, like a uh, like what's around a baseball diamond, like that edge tracking mm-hmm. area. You'll do that by either just lightly burning that area so that that grass is already dead and then they just kind of go through the center of the field with giant flamethrowers and stuff like that and just burn yeah and just burn the field down or a forest even they can do doing it with like true intent you can save some old growth trees and stuff while burning out a lot of underbrush so it kind of helps clean up the, the flooring area, but you don't necessarily have to sacrifice the whole canopy. Yeah. It's a pretty neat thing to watch, but I feel like there's probably people out there who disagree with prescribed burnings because in my mind, like, we could go into prescribed burning would probably help a lot with the California wildfires where these large sloth of land that's supposed to be managed by the government there aren't really being managed. They're not burning on property. Stuff dies. It just becomes fuel. So one area starts a fire, and then it just exacerbates as it moves along. Um, Not saying that's the case for all of them, but that has been attributed to some of the more recent and larger wildfires well i've heard or read articles that like in some you know washington california oregon they have needed to do burns they know that they've needed to do them for decades but just with the bureaucratic process that they haven't been able to get in the needed permits the state agencies that want to do the burns have not been able to successfully get the permits needed to do the burns and then when there was a wild there's a wildfire you know it it's all yeah, that and extra I'm sure fuel. that there's some Karen, for lack of the better word, tree hugger person out there who completely disagrees with prescribed burns and all this other stuff, but it has proven to be effective, an effective land management tool. The only thing I can think of is the scare of, of catching it, it getting out of control. 
Well, that's that why if you do it and it's pres- truly prescribed, you take those measures and you put in like a burn perimeter and all that so that it stops. Like even with those wildfires in California, they go through and they'll burn off an area well in advance of the flames like the actual fire they'll burn like a a burn break i think is what it's called so that once it gets to that point there's no more fuel for it so it pretty much just stops mm-hmm. there yeah but there's still a chance of the there's still yeah but no there's chance there's a chance for everything wrong. for sure but definitely a pr- a problem with you know the increase of wildfires has been attributed to you know as civilization develops we have fire suppressants and we can prevent large natural fires but fire is kind of nature's way of cleaning of cleaning and so you know if fires aren't happening it's all that much more fuel and that's why we're seeing really bad wild that's one of the reasons not the only reason one of the reasons we're seeing really bad wildfire Mm -hmm. wildfires is you know we've gotten real good at stopping fires from happening and it's allowing a lot more growth to happen, which is a lot more fuel, which makes these fires much, much worse. But I will say doing prescribed burning, it does help with habitat and the ecosystem. Um, I know last year they burnt the Lametta property and the grass there now is way taller, way more habitat friendly for what they were trying to do and build there. And there's just a lot of new growth that is phenomenal. And I know with like uh, fired wood, like woodland fire areas, it brings in a lot more deer and stuff down the road. Mm-hmm. Like it is a, a long-term. It's not a quick process. It, no, but it, it takes years. And but. it does help with, wildlife and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. I think that it's a good thing. I don't think that anyone at this table is arguing against it, but No, but I can understand the fear of uh prescribed burn getting out of control. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I can understand the fear. Cuz wind shifts, you know, something happens that wasn't planned, you know. But I think that's why you fires can jump roads, fires can jump. I think that's why you, areas. you tend to let the fire department know and Sometimes they'll have people out there already, mm-hmm. depending on the size and everything. Yeah. What do you got for us, Zach? Ooh. So, I bring you for our creature this week. So, I'm going to tell you over the next couple of weeks the story of the Yule Lads. Is that like a Yule log? Spell it for me. Yule, Yule like Y-U-L-E. The lads, right? So that's going to be the next three weeks. We're going to talk about these. Tonight, though, we're talking about the mother of the Yule lads called Grilla or Gryla. I'm not really sure how to say it, but it's G-R-Y-L-A. Okay. This is like an old, like, Denmark kind of, uh, like, uh, folktale. Um, and the reason why I'm telling these now is because they are centered around, you know, the holidays. Christmas, uh, Christmas right? Yeah, exactly. So, what do you guys think Grilla kind of came around? No, Clay, I'm not familiar with the Dutch. <laughs> 1700. Okay. 17th century. So, not far off. Oh, no. He's a whole century off. <laughs> <laughs> 17 was in both. So, 1650. I know. You didn't guess, so 
I win. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how far <laughs> away I am. He didn't cut it. Uh, so, <clears throat> Greeley has been told as a uh, either a troll, but most people kind of think of her, and she was always told as like a witch, right? And she was specifically a gigantic witch who ate children, right? She lived in the so mountains. So she was also a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she would come down, right? And she was this crazy monster. Uh, some parents didn't necessarily like the image of telling that to their children. So they would just tell their children, oh, she pranks kids who are bad throughout the year. However, the more darker stories go that if you were bad all year, she would come down, she would have her little henchmen with her, and they would collect all the bad children bring them up to the mountain, and she would make a children's stew that she would eat every year, right? Yum. She would enjoy it on... Thanksgiving? Uh, no, on Christmas. No, on Christmas. <laughs> on Christmas. Already past Christ- Thanksgiving by the time this airs. Let's see. There's a couple of things. 17th century is when it first started, It first became connected to Christmas, right? Uh, there's a lot of poems. Her uh, husband is named Lapalulu. Right, and he was kind of the one who would go around and collect the children for her. So the the king of Denmark actually said that people were using this too much as a disciplinary tool. So he made it a law where they could no longer use uh, Grilla to get kids to behave. Right, because like school teachers were doing it. Uh, I feel like that's it. overreach. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's one hundred percent governmental <laughs> overreach. <laughs> Uh, so you could actually give a, like, you could give her an offering of food and she would not take your children or you could chase her away with a broom and she would also not, uh, sounds pretty weak. Take your children. Yeah. She's a giant, you know, like, Uh all right. So I don't want you to take my kids. Here's some banana bread. You said she's a troll. Does she turn to stone during the day? Nope. She lives year round. Is that a thing? Like yeah. trolls turn to stone? Yeah. Yeah, if they if direct sunlight hits them, they turn to stone. I yeah. thought that was just gargoyles. No. Trolls do. Trolls? Yeah. You ever watched Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah. You heard, like, the three little pigs? I remember that. I'm not a nerd like you. What's the one? What's the, <laughs> the troll that was on the bridge? What's that one? Billy Goat Gruff? Yeah. He didn't turn to stone. Oh, he could have. <laughs> <laughs> um, children are her favorite snack. She leaves her cave, hunts children, carries them home in her giant sack. And uh, so it's kind of like the anti-Santa, where Santa brings gifts to people. This lady, Grilla, she... So like Krampus. Kind of like Krampus, yeah. Similar. There's never a shortage of food, because I guess the children of Denmark are always bad. And um, (laughs) it should be known that actually Lepaludi is her third husband. I don't know what happened the first two. I think she ate them. Not just divorce. Just, just they, divorce. They couldn't come together. Financial <laughs> problems. She's like, they're like, you're eating too many children. She's like, not today. You already told me that yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. They live in the lava fields with their cat, the Yule Cat, who we'll be talking about next week. So, interesting. They have a pet cat. Of course, someone evil has a pet cat. That's just how it goes. I know. You think the cat's running the show? Probably. I don't know if we'll, we'll find out next week. It's me, the sun-soaked tropical hotel looking for a companion who enjoys short walks to sandy beaches and exotic bird sightings. 
must love a spontaneous voyage on a privately owned catamaran. My strengths include ocean and jungle views, your choice, plus the occasional ukulele serenade. My only weakness? You'll never want to leave me. Download the Hotels app to find me. You're perfect somewhere. This episode is brought to you by 100% Pure New Zealand. New Zealand's unique spirit is defined by a connection between land and people. Discover Nelson Tasman, an enchanting region of artisans and natural beauty. Experience the town of Kaikoura's abundant sea life and culinary delights. Then transport yourself to the Bay of Plenty, home to geothermal features and rich Māori culture. New Zealand is now open to US travellers. Visit NewZealand.com to learn more. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, you know, what should you ask for for Christmas or what should you give your loved one who likes to spend time outside for Christmas? Yeah. This is, uh, we got this idea from Pat over at the Texas Freshwater Fly Fishing page because he writes a uh, holiday gift guide article every year. We were featured in it. Yeah, he did put or one. linked our page. He he uh, put, Steve's, put book. Steve's book as a gift, uh, as a gift for I think under fifty dollars, and sent them to our page to purchase because we have signed copies. Yep, we do. And uh, we've had two orders since that article released. Nice. And we might be out of books. I need to double check. Cool. I might need to reorder. We're so, out of books after two copies sold. Well, we've been selling, we've been them, selling for them for a while. Right, but yeah. It, we didn't do a backlog of inventory. Uh, we don't. We're not flush with cash. You know. You know how this goes, Cliff. <laughs> we're we're not a podcast. Why are you, why are you poking holes in yeah. this right now? <laughs> we're not Joe Rogan. We don't have two hundred million dollars. We can just reorder books whenever we want. Yeah, our listeners really need to step up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So thanks, Pat. Uh, we're gonna steal your idea a little bit, but like talk it. about some things, but also include hunting, because otherwise. Cliff gets mad. Cliff would have nothing to say if it was only fishing. <laughs> no, I'd have a few things. That's true. Like, hey, when we're going to stop talking about fishing and talk, talk about, about hunting. hunting. Yeah. Or you, you guys are talking about college football too much, <laughs> even though I like to talk about the Braves in Georgia and the no, SEC. I, 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 don't mind us talking about it. I don't mind us talking about it for a little bit, but we were kind of going on. <laughs> I'd listen oh, to see, other hunting podcasts where they end up talking about just NFL, and it's like, why'd I even tune in? That's true. And I don't want us to do that. It's yeah. a good podcast when they talk about hunting. Yeah. We're just know. trying to bring you to the Texas Tech side, Cliff. That's right. We're going to sign you up for at least one class. That way you can be an alumni too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need really what we need to do. This is the last thing I'll say. We need to take him to a basketball game. Basketball games are fun. Dude, that's a snooze fest to me. Take me. I'd Y'all would have way more luck taking me to – a baseball game? Our baseball team's good. Yeah. Baseball or meat judging? <laughs> hey, they <laughs> won national championship. They, they just, yeah, they did. That's nothing. They, they won just the national won national championship, championship on which Saturday. Which is why I said that. Or a football game. Like, basketball? Uh, I'll go watch a tech chess match, too. Apparently, they're, like, the best college chess team, too. Yeah, right. All right. Cliff, yes. what's a good stocking stuffer that you should, that you would want or want to give someone? who is uh, uh, an outdoorsman. So stocking stuffers are weird to me. Uh-huh, why? Because you never got a, a stocking as growing a, up? As or a, your stocking are super tiny. They're not like our stockings. They were all full of coal. <laughs> um, <laughs> which was an investment. <laughs> um, I, 
it, stockings are weird to me because everyone who I've ever like kind of talked to and stuff like it's a big deal uh stocking stuffers and they'll get like actual gifts and stuff in their stockings and all that whereas my stockings were always stuffed with like candy or like toothbrushes or deodorant or something like small like everyday things that that's like, kind of how my stockings were. would it be a gift card in or there? like a gift card um, no, I, I always get card. a little bag set of Legos, like a little mini Lego. Oh, kit see, I, I get the big box of Legos. So they don't put that in my stocking. Mm. No, mine were always like your everyday simple, but something. What, okay, what about socks? Those were gifts. Oh, <laughs> see, I, socks, always, I get socks in my stocking, and uh, I got that on my, my list. But my my great granddad would always get us a washcloth and a bar of soap. Oh, yeah? Was, yeah. That like, was like his thing, his like funny. My grandpa like always told thing. me to keep my nose clean every day. That's what you were just telling me. It's just get, stay out of trouble. Yeah. Uh, but back Don't to do the, cocaine. Don't <laughs> do cocaine. Yeah, that's what my grandpa told me since I was four years old. Don't do Don't cocaine. Do cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but to the, to the original question, I would think a good stocking stuffer for hunting and fishermen would be a scent-killing soap. Okay. Ooh, washcloth in a bar of soap. Yeah. There you go. That's actually not yeah. a bad idea. Okay. Maybe one of those pack towels, like the dry fit towels that you can get. I think that's too expensive for a stocking stuffer. What? Like ten Some bucks? No, there's no price limit on a stocking stuffer. It's it just will has to fit, fit in into a stocking. stocking. I always felt like there's a price. <laughs> um, <laughs> piss. Like deer piss. Oh my god! I don't think that goes to the stocking. No, that does not go there. It's less than ten bucks, and nah, it's we're like, vetoing it. It doesn't. Go <laughs> to the How? How is okay. that not a great stocking? Stuffer? Have you ever received it? No. Is have you, you ever received it? No, I be, have not. I mad. can't think of anybody that would receive deer urine. If I had deer urine in my stocking, stocking stuffer, because I have I've candy never, in there every year, I've never asked for it though. <laughs> I have candy in my stocking every year. If I had Let's a Kit Kat next to deer piss, I'd be a little mad. <laughs> No, it, look behind you. There's cans of it in there. It's not going to get on okay. your Kit Kat. Question. <laughs> if you put deer urine in the same stocking as your scent-killing soap, isn't that kind of like a mix no, that's not supposed not, to happen? You're not pouring the deer urine into the scent, like into the stocking. It's still packaged. Wait, so you want us to pour the pee on the stocking? No, that is the opposite of what I just said. Do you wear the stocking? No. Okay. But I'm saying you can get, like, the cans of Tink's deer pee. Oh, my god! Uh-huh. And that would be a great stocking stuffer. I just don't know if that goes in a stocking. Where else would it go? Maybe it, a, in a tiny box. I think that you should just no. buy that yourself if you wanted it at Academy. <laughs> I, I hope nobody ever gives me pee. I could yeah. buy bars of soap for myself, <laughs> too, Landon. <laughs> I can buy my own candy as well. Okay, hey, I got a good stocking stuffer. <laughs> How about this, Cliff? What about like in the individually packaged dude wipes? That'd be a good stocking That's stuffer. That's actually not a bad stocking stuffer. No, nah, I feel like dude wipes would be a good stocking stuffer. I'd as be well. happy to see that in there. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to That'd see that. would be a future emergency averted. I would also be happy to see cans of deer piss. <laughs> <laughs> Is one can of like Tink's Trophy Buck or Tink 69? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Uh huh. Okay. Is that really the name of it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's their estrus dough deer urine. Okay. Uh, so, I know they're not a sponsor, but, like, Bombas makes the best socks, and they make these merino wool socks that are amazing. I disagree. I go smart wool all day long. That's great. That's what I thought. I have a pair of both, right? And I have, like, three smart wool, and I only have one Bombas. The Bombas socks, though, 
they are the most comfortable socks I've ever worn. See, like, I love my smart wools. I'm going to get you some merino wool for Christmas because they're amazing. And or, no, not merino. I'm going to get you Bombas merino wool. And I'm going to throw another merino sock brand out there. They're fantastic. Darn tough. Never I've heard, heard of them. Are great. I've heard of them. I haven't tried socks. Let's just say merino, merino socks. Yeah. We don't have to go brand specific. Just merino wool socks. Typically midweight because we live in Texas to lightweight. I'm no, current. I still think a, a heavyweight could could do. And I'm See, currently wearing uh, Orvis merino socks. Oh, really? And they're my daily wears. See, I used to have all Orvis when I worked at the shop socks, mm-hmm. and then when right. I stopped working there and had to get new socks, I went over to the Smart Wool, and I have absolutely loved them. Mm. I have like ultralight, light, and medium, and then I think one pair of heavy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. I have one pair of heavy, and that's all I need. So I would never wear Yeah, you wouldn't need them all the time, but. Medium to lightweight are good for for most days here. Daily, yeah. Um, Okay, so we got Merino World Socks, or is a great stocking stuffer. What candy do you want to find in your stocking? Well, let me add something. Okay. um, As a good stocking stuffer, the uh, uh, Work Sharp. The little knife sharpeners, like the ones that'll fit in your pocket, that would be a great stocking stuffer. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be upset that there was a knife sharpener, a work sharp knife sharpener in my thing, but I think the field sharpener is a better one, but I would almost count that as more of a gift. Yeah, because that's expensive. Well, it's like 40 or 60 bucks. I don't think it's quite I that much. I think it's 35 uh, But, uh, you know, there, I think there's a place for each. Yeah. Right? I like it. Hey, what about P38? What? P38. Can opener, like one of the little keychain can openers. Oh, uh, like the military one. Yeah, those are great stockings. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice to have, right? I got a couple in my camp kit. I always just use my knives. I know it's horrible, <laughs> one, but <laughs> that's what I use. <laughs> you guys have any other stocking stuffer ideas? Twizzlers. Nah. Ugh. I would say any candy, but that's going to be too person specific. No, nah, Twizzlers goes great with for everybody. No, I know no, it doesn't. It. <laughs> um, no, my wife hates Twizzlers. I think Reese's are the only candy that everyone loves. Uh, uh-uh. no, I don't like I don't like Reese's. What? Yeah, that's a communist thing to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Kendall's, Kendall also says I have the weirdest taste in candy, though. I love everything gummy. I don't like Reese's. You know what? I don't think Cynthia likes Reese's. No, she it's likes a, sour candies over chocolate. Yeah, I'm not a huge chocolate fan. Uh, I'm weird though with the chocolate. You like like Toblerone. That's some good chocolate. That is a good chocolate. Yeah. Toot toot, next stop my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> so another good stocking stuff would be like a small fly box. Yep. Maybe or a couple flies. Leaders, fly box. I think leaders would be a good yeah. stocking stuffer. Leaders is a good stocking stuffer. I feel like stocking stuffers are things that like you, they don't you really need, fit but anywhere. you don't want to buy. Yep, and they don't necessarily fit anywhere. Yeah, nippers, hemostats, like all the little small fly fish. Unless you get stuff. like fancy ne- uh, nippers, then wrap that. Yeah. Well, that's your gift. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. You get $70 nippers, you're wrapping it. <laughs> but I feel like the the way a stocking stuffer approach are like the small items that are kind of like items that you want slash need, but you don't really like buying for yourself yeah. and all that other stuff. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, you need it, so you're going to use it, but yeah. do you really like buying soap? I feel, oh, I'm buying soap a chore. That's why I just buy Scent Killer and I use it all year round now because it's easy. Yeah. And I ain't got to worry about it. It's true. And then 
just like the natural cliff smell comes yeah, through. Yeah, that's what you smell. No, I think it covers the natural cliff smell. No, no, but at some point, the cliff smell joins with the St. Killer, and it just becomes cliff. It's just my scent now. <laughs> it's just, it's just Oda Cliff. Well, cool. Let's move to uh, uh, what's our next category? Under 100? Yeah. I got a $50 one, too, though, but we can go 100. Yeah, we'll just do anything under 100. Cliff, did you think about it? What do you think, Zach? I know you okay, got I got I got written down. Okay. Uh, okay, so I got two things under a hundred. Both are actually about fifty bucks. Um, first thing is a Bugger Beast Cliff Box or Bugger Beast Junior. And I'm mainly putting this on my list because I hope I get one this year. <laughs> the uh, I like the Cliff Boxes. Dad, who's listening to this podcast? <laughs> no, no, I've already told the people who need to know. <laughs> I like the Cliff Boxes, uh, but Orvis. Last time I was in there, I saw had a new box that I'm kind of curious in. It was red. And all that, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't... Hey, you know when we first met? This is a funny story. You know how I remembered your name? Off of the cliff box. Off the cliff boxes. Really? Yeah, Where I was like, go? that you know kid's name is based off of a yellow fly box. That's how I'm going to remember it. Cliff. You know how I remembered Landon's name? Why? Because he was actually a friend and I cared to learn his name. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, oh, his name is Landon. Yeah. He's like a cool guy. <laughs> Thanks, Cliff. <laughs> Love you too. Uh, and then my other one for under 100 is... Uh, a lot of people get people bottles of bourbon or whiskey or whatever. I have found that Angel's Envy is a crowd pleaser. I always get that for somebody if I want to get them like a nice like $50 gift or a bottle of bourbon. And um, it's interesting because it's bourbon that they finish in sherry uh, cast, so it's a little sweeter. But everybody who at least likes whiskey likes Angel's Envy. Mm. So. I feel like it's a good uh, intro into whiskey, too. And that's a great thing, too, right? Like, you don't know what their palate is, but most people enjoy yeah. Angels. And- yeah. What about you, Cliff? Under 100? Well, I wasn't previewed to this as being the conversation, so I didn't really get to think about it or write anything down. So but- as you look around your garage for things that are under $100. Oh, uh, no, I was going to say Chama Chair. That's not, that's not going to yeah, get there. Yeah, that's not. A Yeti Bucket? Ooh. That's not like a fully loaded Yeti Bucket? Uh-huh. That's actually a good gift. You know, I use that bucket more than I ever laughed at myself for buying that bucket. You know what I mean? Oh, me too. I mean, I have two of them in here. Yeah. Now, two might be an exaggeration for me. Yeah, I don't need it right I now, need to. but I was using both of them at one point for mm-hmm. different things, and then I stopped using that one for what it was for, and so now it's just kind of an extra. If you had to buy one accessory for it, I would say the lid for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. without the lid, it's. But you can no. do a fully loaded still for under a hundred. Oh yeah, you get a little caddy thing, and then like the little outside skirt thing. Mm-hmm. I like the. If I had to choose the caddy or the skirt, I'd probably go the caddy. Really over the skirt. Can you put the lid on with the caddy? Yes. Okay. Yep. Now, I don't have either the caddy or the skirt. I just have the lid. But yeah, I might get it because then you can kind of like compartmentalize it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah it, it just adds uh, storage. Now that one, the tan one that I have that is like my hunting yeti bucket so you have and it like I've, decked out I've put like I'll take that out to like the dove field was that the one you were cleaning up poop with or was it the other or one was that this one that was this one over here but it's been bleached out and stuff and then it held dog food for a few years and then that's not a bad idea to put dog food in it yeah yeah it just doesn't hold yeah I always ended up having more in the bag so I'd have to go through the bag first Mm. Um, so I got a bigger, mm. something bigger and a little bit nicer to put it in, to put it in. And then that one I've just kind of been using as like 
extra storage, like throw stuff in and whatnot yeah. like mm-hmm. that. Well, like when we went hunting last week, they were great. I just throw like my extra stuff in there. And then like when we were sleeping on our cots, I used it as a little like nightstand. Yeah, and I was a yeah. little jealous of that. <laughs> uh, a cot would be a good gift under you, $100. A cot is a great gift. You stole what I was going to say. Oh, that's fine. Because about I just bought a cot for under $100. It's like $45. Nice. And oh, Where at? Amazon. Hmm. Coleman branded cot on Amazon. Although I will say, I was quite... A little bit jealous of your cots because they were slightly bigger. Mm-hmm. They're nice, but if you're looking for packability, like mine fits me. I like. I wasn't like a. Well, how issue. would you how would you feel if on the ride home we were discussing that and we both said that we liked the size of yours better? Yeah. Oh, really? Like mine are great. Ev- like if you're, I retract my comment then because if you guys are sleeping on the bigger ones, you're saying you wish I had it. You had no. Don't get me wrong. The, I was comfy as heck those nights. Mm-hmm. However. Uh, mine don't fit in my tent. Yours, you can use them like we used them that night, but oh, also yeah. I could use them in my, my tent. tent. Yeah, I could use them just about anywhere. Mine also having, having the more open space underneath it allows for more air to circulate, which means that your underside is going to get colder. Did but you mm-hmm. had a pad, right? I did. It ended up working once I put. See, the, I was never cold that night. I wouldn't say that I ever like. Well, the first night I didn't put my pad down. And were you cold that first night? I was a little chilly. Yeah, that that windfall. You have to have a pad with those mats, uh, just because, like you said, there's so much room underneath. But mm-hmm. as someone who doesn't have a cot, because I've never had to use one, never had a need for one, and then after that, I was a little bit jealous, and I went to. Did you go get one? I went to REI, went to like uh, Navy sur- surplus stores and stuff uh-huh. like that, and started looking around. And then we got the message that plans might change in the future. So I was like, well, I'm going to hold off on buying one then. Yeah. Because I haven't needed one for 30 years. I might not need one for 30 more. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does change. Well, things. when you need one, you can just order one. Mine's a Coleman from Amazon. It was like, yeah, that's what bucks. I figured is if I get into a pinch, like, it's. They're not hard to find. No, and, and like I said, expensive. mine were Cabela's ones, which you can buy at Bass Pro now. And yours, the uh, only di- issue I'd see with yours is yours are heavy, heavy. They are heavy. They are. I mean, they're sturdy, but they are heavy. But I don't think a cot, it, any cot, I think is going to be a car camping type oh, yeah, endeavor. Yeah, you You're not hiking in with. They that. make a couple of those ones that are like you know a couple inches off the ground that are supposed to be uh, like backpacky ones. But I, at that point, I would just bring a mat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a good one for sure. I would say uh, a bino harness would be a good gift under a hundred dollars. Yeah, depending on the bino harness, you can get them for under a hundred. Binocular stands, like the little posts, so that you can adapt onto a tripod. And I just oh. I just got one of those. I'm very excited. Oh, about did it. you have to see, saw mine? I got their new and improved version. How? Does, which one do you have? I have. Uh, he has the. OG uh, Vortex. Yeah, it's like it looks like a little post, and then it screws into the front, mm. and I like it. And I have and you put on any tripod Vortex Pro. So what is one. the what is that one? It's like the Outdoorsman brand ones. Okay. See, I have an Outdoorsman. If you look behind you in my Bino harness, yeah, I'm not gonna reach for uh, it. <laughs> it's it's just stuck in the back. Yeah, but the Vort new Vortex one is like the Outdoorsman one. But basically, it's got a knob that screws into the front of the Vortex deal and then you can just pop it on and pop it off so you don't have to actually screw it or unscrew oh, it. Oh nice. So you can just like yeah. quick release. So it. like quick I keep release. I keep my release on my or the post on my binos at all times. And, you just quick. and then I just take the, the thing and Yeah. That's nice. Okay. And I'm a big fan of the there's a lot of good brands of bino harnesses, but I'm a big fan of marsupial. 
I do like my marsupial. I believe I was the first one of us to get it, and yeah. then I've since got you, Ian, and I just gave an extra one to Evan. Yeah. See, I like the way it flips open this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, quiet. It's made in America. But my Vortex one works fine. I came yeah. free with them. But I don't think... And there's all kinds of varying price ranges, too. Like, the Vortex one would be the most affordable... Um, it's very basic. The uh, marsupial one, it as might you can be put right like, over a hundred. Yeah, it might be right over. We'll just say we'll just keep it at the hundred category. I think it depends on the size, and they have a couple different models. But they also have attachments that you can put on the side for like your rangefinder. You can mm-hmm. put a cell phone pocket. You can put bear spray holder. You can put a gun holster. Like you can you can customize it to how you That's want nice. it. That's really nice. And it's, now, it's I will really nice. say before going and buying all that stuff for your bino harness, it does end up weighing it down once you start adding mm-hmm. all those attachments and accessories. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like it as someone who has had the holster for it, as someone who has had the secondary pocket. I'm not See, a huge I, fan. See, r- I run the binoculars. And the rangefinder pouch. That's all I run. Yeah, Perfect. I do that on mine, and it runs fine. Perfect. There's still plenty of spots to put other stuff, miscellaneous. I normally put my cell phone in the back pouch of it, and then I'll put chapstick and stuff in the front, along with my uh, hunter safety card and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's some other good brands, too, like uh, TNK. Yeah, TNK is a good He's one made in America. social media, too. And, yeah, I say marsupial or TNK. Would be good options. Those would be my the two that I go for. Yeah, and actually, you know what? I'll add one more thing that is right at a hundred dollars. A good Leatherman. Yeah, like uh, you can get it for about a hundred, like a, a decent one for around a hundred, and like a multi tool. And I use that thing more than I ever thought I would. It's great. I was on their website earlier. I guess this month, looking at a new one because I was kind of starting to think like maybe I want the Signal. That's what I have. I have the signal, but, uh, and it's it's the signal. Technically, is made for more of like uh, uh, you're going on a hike or you're you're kind of backpacking, and it kind of is like your emergency one. But it still has the pliers, the knife, the can opener, everything else you need. But it also has a fire starter. You know, I have one that I got through work uh, at my old job that's made for construction, mm-hmm. and it's pretty nice. And then I've had a mutt for years. Okay. And I like the mutt a lot. Yeah. So if you're having to, it's really good if you're having to break down or clean anything, a weapon or something. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. But I would say that's definitely, that's a great $100 gift. Yeah. I'd say uh, another good like fly fishing gift around 100 You can find them more. You can find them less. Just depends on where you want to be. But close, a net. Oh, a yeah. A good fishing net. And then a magnetic net retractor to hold it to whatever you're fishing with. Yep. All right, you guys have any other ideas for under a hundred? That was Yeti it for me. cups. Oh yeah, Yeti cups. Yeah, or maybe if you're outside and you're in like a car a long time, maybe even the Yeti jug or something. Mm-hmm. Because the Yeti jug is that gift where it's like, I don't think I'll ever buy myself a Yeti jug. I have but one. If and somebody it's awesome. have one, but if somebody bought one for me, it would be like the coolest thing. I take it on all my guided trips, and I right. know that you know we're Do not going to run out. Do you have a gallon or a half gallon? Gallon. See, I have a half gallon. And I'll fill it up with, like, soup and stuff on long car rides. Mm. Wait, wait. So you're just, like, on a road trip eating soup? And Drink, drinking soup? Yeah, drinking soup? Oh, my God. That sounds awful. That's not too bad. Uh, when the- <laughs> also, think that reminded me, I want to point out uh, Evan's pro move. We released an article 
um, that oh, Evan yes. wrote, the snacky do's and snacky don'ts, I think mm-hmm. is what it was called. And a couple of people messaged us and pointed out Evan's recommendation of put into ketos taquitos in, 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 in a Yeti bottle is a pro like IQ 1000. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> that's that exactly what you want when it's a little warm out there. Or a little cool out there. A little know? cold, yeah. I would say uh, another Yeti accessory. We're not sponsored, by the way, by them. We're just fans. Is the the cup, the coffee cup uh, attachment for your Yeti bottles. Like the old Stanley Thermos. Oh, pop. yeah, yeah. Uh, they have one that goes onto all your Yeti bottles. And it's great. So it's like having a Stanley Thermos, but not something else that sits so in the cup. So you can pour like a little type or of Or you can buy out. a Stanley Thermos for about the same price as just, just the I cup think attachment. the Stanley Thermos is about 10 to $15 more okay. than the attachment. Well, you get, a, you get to have all that nostalgia packled, packed in with the Stanley Thermos. Yeah. Yeah, but the Yeti bottle still keeps it a little bit more warm. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to. Yeti's the better product, but Stanley is just something about it, you know? Like, it reminds me of my grandpa. You know, no, I, I, I get it. I love Stanley's products as well, but Actually, when family. I got the uh, the little coffee cup with the twisty thing uh-huh. and stuff, like the thermos, makes you feel nice. it was it was great. Yeah. Mm. That's all, you know, it's all about what makes you feel nice. All right, let's. Uh, we got an, enough for under a hundred dollars. Let's. Uh, no budget. No budget Christmas gifts. Okay. Do you have a list? Do you know? Uh, I got some ideas. A new truck. <laughs> a new car. A five hundred acre ranch in South Texas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said no budget. I did say no budget, but I mean, like, uh, something's gonna buy you this gift. Yeah, an, I said no budget Christmas gift. Nobody's buying you a new truck or land or land. I guess I don't have people who love me. <laughs> Not that I want a new truck, but the land would be nice. No, you don't have the right people who love you. Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cliff, what would you do? No budget. Serious, though. Honestly, high-quality ear protection. Huh. Brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I, I have high-quality ear protection that would be either a stocking stuffer or under $100. Yeah, my... Why is this ear protection a no-budget item? Right, like, I got good ear protection that cost me, like, 50 bucks. Uh, I like it. This is better than Walker's. No, I know it's better. I'm just saying, but, like, Walker's does the job, and it was 50 bucks. Because you can get it super highly customized for you and your needs. I know. That's cool. Mm. But also, though, I will say this. I was I just want to piggyback where ear earring... Wear hearing protection every time you fire a rifle or a gun. Well, see, that's kind of been my thing is that I haven't been. When I hunt, I don't haven't I don't like the the muffs. Now if I'm at the range or something like muffs that. Are nice. I, I like I've liked using the muffs there. Mm-hmm. I had some Walker rope okay. uh earbuds because I like my Typically, I've liked having the Bluetooth capability because if, like, I'm plinking around or shooting alone, I'll turn on, like, a podcast or something. Oh, really? And listen. So, I've kind of tended to go to higher-end stuff, uh, hear, hearing, hearing protection just uh-huh. because I liked having the Bluetooth feature. But the they I've started looking around. My ropes, the charging port on it ended up breaking but i've used them legitimately probably every day for the past 
two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I used at work. Mm-hmm. Um, they were nice. And when they finally gave out, I started looking around and then I found this other stuff and I've been price comparing them for a Well, little what's the while brand? Now. What are they called? Uh, I'll tell you offline. So you're going to give a no budget item, but not tell our listeners what it actually is you're talking about? Just tell it. Uh, the, I like the Tetris a okay. lot. Tetris um, is the brand? Yeah, it's T-E-T-R-A. Uh-huh. They are kind of pricey. You can use your HSA. And stuff like that for them. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, That's your health savings account for yeah. those of you guys who don't know. Can you use your FSA, Flex Spending Account? I've always been able to use an SHA as a FSA <laughs> as well. Like it, it kind of goes, it's just depending on like what it does at the end of the year. No, yeah. oh, y'all have got my brain going in like three different So directions. Tetra's. Yeah, uh, are I they like custom them. molded ear fittings or like what makes them? The, I didn't get the custom molded ones, but the feature that I got in them is specific for a specific style of hunting. So you should be able to hear like some more of the minor stuff. They're just a little bit more sensitive than. Oh, other so you stuff. can hear it amplifies the sound, uh-huh. but also will cut the decimals when you fire a rifle. So if you're hunting at my property, you're going to hear windmills really, really, really loud. They can cut that out too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait. So have you? What type of ear protection do you use? Uh, I have muffs. I don't use them hunting. Wait, I just. So do you have the electronic muffs? Yeah, they're electronic. So like they cut decibels um, higher than something higher than a certain frequency. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think most of the muffs cut out at 30. And they amplify, like, just talking and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't like muffs except for, like, if I'm at a range because, A, they're heavy. It's something else to carry in, carry out, and all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm not a fan of muffs hunting. If I remember them, I have those just basic, like, foam ones, but the ones that sit around your neck, and I'll just pop them in. I like those when I'm hunting. I'm kind of like you. Only because, too, like, the muffs, like you said, like, I don't like wearing them the whole time. And to be honest, when we're out there hunting, usually I either have a hood on or I'll have, like, a full-brimmed hat on. Mm-hmm. And it's hardware muffs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the muffs also, like, when you're trying to – when you're resting your cheek on the comb, they just kind of get like in the getting, way. Yeah, or getting fired – like, uh, getting your into, like, shooting position. Right. They do. They can be just, like, right there kind of throwing everything off just a hair. And then what I've not liked about – other traditional cheap styles of hearing protection is that then you can't hear other people talk. You can't pick up on subtle noises and stuff like that. So like with the Tetras, you can get super high end, like well over $1,500 ear pro, or you can do the cheaper option, which is what I ended up doing uh, was the cheaper one because like the way I thought about it was, where do I need the hearing protection the most? Well, duck hunting, I'm around two, three, four, five, six guys shooting guns. The whole time. Calling and stuff like that. That's a lot more damage on your ears than one guy shooting one rifle for yeah, one, one split second. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say where every time you can think no, about I it. Would, I, would ag- I would agree. So I'm hoping that this actually keeps me like it. Yeah, that's right. Diligent. That's the best thing, right? Like get the stuff that even if you pay a little bit more for it, if you're more inclined to use it, then it's doing the job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, paying the, for the best tearing protection you can have is the one you'll actually wear. Right, exactly. And to be honest, mm-hmm. like if you do that now, it might be a little bit pricey right now, but it saves you so much money down the line. 
but I did do a hearing test, and I do have hearing loss. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it happens. It, it's not like a thing that's like, oh, people just talk about it. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially considering we hunt and we're relatively young. By the time we're 60, if we've been doing the same thing, you know, it's just that much more on top of each other. Yeah. So I have uh, another item I thought of for under 100 I'm going to point out. Mm, hearing protection. <laughs> Headlamp. Headlamp is a good one. Oh, that's a good stocking stuffer. Yeah, or it could be a stocking stuffer. That's true. Head, the headlamps can get pricey. Yeah. Now, I'll say for a headlamp, I've used traditional headlamps like the Black Diamonds and uh-huh. stuff like that. They work great. Um, I've used, what's that other brand? Uh, Fire, Surefire or something. I don't know. I forgot. I forgot the, I can get the name of it. The one that I really liked is a small, little, cheap one. The one that I like the best is a small, cheap one that I bought at Orvis. The cap on. Oh, the one that fits and on And it your... just goes on the brim of your hat, or it can go on the side of your hat, or wherever. And it's just there. It's not in the way. See, I don't, I, don't like, I don't like the cap ones as much. I would say they put out less light than a traditional headlamp. Mm. But what I found is, I wear a hat 95% of the time. So for you, the cap a cap-on one is a better option. Correct. However, with a cap-on one, though, you don't get the flexibility of, of like, the rotation up and down or, like, the different levels of, like, spot no, you versus do. flood. You do. Do you? Uh-huh. Because all the cap-on ones I've seen have been, like, just, like, fixed point right to your hat, and that's it. No, they, they make super cheap ones, but mm-hmm. cap-on is an actual brand oh, of one. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And it actually, you can flip it uh, different ways oh, and cool. stuff like that. I'll say my favorite headlamp is, like, I've had Black Diamonds and all those, too. I bought one at uh, Home Depot. What's the uh, power tool brand that's red? Yours is Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, I have a Milwaukee headlamp. I love it. It's great. And it was, like, 30 bucks. I got my dad a headlamp last year for Christmas, and he raved about that thing. Because, like, he always did that thing growing up where it was, like, hold the flashlight, hold the flashlight. No, that's not the right, that's not the wrong, you know, like every, every dad does. And, um... He had never bought a headlamp. And I got him one last year for Christmas. And he's like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he's like, I was under the house doing yard, like doing work in the basement. And I was laying on my back. And I was like, I can see everything the whole time. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. like they, <laughs> These have been readily available for years. Like, <laughs> you're like a decade great. late. I know. <laughs> they are great. They are. Yeah. They are awesome. All right. So back to no budget. Uh, Zach, what do you got? I got two things. Uh-huh. First thing, super fine glass rod. Orvis uh, glass fishing rod. I specified four weight. I have a five weight, and if I had to pick, I would probably go with the four. I do love my five. I absolutely love it. I have the uh, four weight, and I love it. Yep. I just think it's that gift that's like if if somebody already has a graphite rod, a glass rod is arguably the most fun you'll have fly fishing. I love my glass rod so much. No, I agree. They're just heavier. They are, and like they're. That's why I said. I would never say somebody should have that as their sole rod or their first rod, but a glass rod is a fantastic gift to give somebody who loves fly fishing and doesn't have one because they are so much fun. Yeah, and maybe, you know, fly fishers and hunters can be, I guess, can be at times hard to buy for because, you know, we're usually, I mean, all three of us are gear junkies. We like 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 gear. gear. We're sitting in a gear hoarder's garage. (laughs) (laughs) and It's not that bad. (laughs) It's a a bit of a gear hoarder. (laughs) You know, so it can feel like it's hard to, like, what do, I don't know that much about it. It's hard to buy 
this person because I don't know what they have or what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a super fine glass rod, like probably hits that thing that like somebody probably doesn't have, yeah. but would definitely really enjoy for yeah. sure. And then the other thing I said is they're a little bit harder to work as a gift, uh, but a guided trip. Mm. Uh, especially a fly fishing trip because usually that can fall under like a, a big Christmas gift price range. One but for under 100 would be pruning shears. For Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, a guided trip, though, because you can get a guided trip from 300 to $700, so they fit a wide range of budgets depending on what type of trip. But I just think, I mean. And we've had, if you if you don't know who to pick, We've had a lot of great guides on our podcast. Yep. Send us a message. We'll Casio, yep. uh, Griff has been on the show. Tyler's been on the show. Uh, Jeff was our last yep. uh, uh, couple two, episodes, a couple episodes, episodes ago. ago. All those guys are great. And so if you're in Texas and you want to book a trip, you know, if you're not sure of those guys who to pick, send us a message and we'll try to like find a guide that might suit your needs a little bit more. But if you particularly liked one of those people on the episode, support those guys because they came on and supported us and right. sat down with or us. And they're good guys. I mean, or if you're out of state and you're looking to fish in the southeast, we have Reese yeah, from that's true. Georgia. Yeah. Yep. Also, uh, another gift you know that might fit all these categories, not all the categories, but uh, under 100, you know, Jeff Ties Flies, Chase was on. Oh, yeah. Uh, he ties great flies, and shoot, he tries, ties game changers. They're kind of expensive, and so people might not want to buy them for themselves, but if you gave somebody one of Chase's game changers as a gift... That's an actual gift. That's an actual gift, and it would be very much appreciated. It's not like getting somebody one parachute atoms. Yeah. Uh, the thing... Oh, I'll, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, thing I'll put on the no budget, if you know somebody who fly fishes who hasn't tied flies, getting them started in fly tying would be a great oh, Christmas yep, gift. Oh, yep, yep. That would be like advice, tools, materials. And they make kits all over the place where you can, you're just like, you don't even know where to start. I mean, they're not the greatest. But. I would not recommend the kits. I would rather you message me directly and I will set you on the right path. I will take the time to set you on the right path to, you know, avoid you from buying a kit just because they can be more frustrating. That's true. That's than, true. Than they're worth. Yeah, because my, my first vice. The, I mean, it was frustrating to use because it would constantly loosen up and not hold the hold the hook. the hook. And you know, fly tying is already hard enough to start, but we'll we'll set you guys on the straight path. And for about two hundred to two hundred fifty dollars, you can get a really nice fly tying setup. Yeah. And one of the things that we sell, a couple things to mention that we sell. If you want to buy some Christmas gifts from us, uh, Kevin's fly tying kits are yeah. like our best selling item because they're. Easy and nice. They're not a fly tying kit that comes with a vice and all that. It's a kit to tie a specific fly. So it's a little bit different. It's just the materials to tie a fly and comes with an instructional DVD. But uh, those would be great. Our stickers are great stocking stuffers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve's book and Kevin's book are also on there, and those make great gifts. Cliff, what about you? Something else that's a no budget? Boots. Uh, What type? Hunting boots. Rubber boots. Any type of boot. Waiting, oh. waiting boots. I would say a rubber boot. Yeah. I you mean, a yeah, you can find. What I like it? lacrosse. And then Tingley's the other one. You heard of Tingley? Mm-mm. Or I say that wrong? Uh, I've always done for like rubber hunting boots. Muck boots mm-hmm. are, are nice. And then my favorite for the past few years have been lacrosses. Really? Probably have had. Two pair of lacrosses over the past few years. 
Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily that they've worn necessarily flat out, but they're nice, and you can get them in different temperature ratings and stuff. So yeah, if it's a more someone who tends to get colder feet, you can get a higher th- insulin or not insulin insulation uh, rating, or you can if it's someone like here in Texas, I like the the lighter insulation. Mm. Um, and their website kind of breaks down what each boot kind of is rated for. Uh, or a normal hiking boot, uh, like a hunting hiking boot, mm-hmm. are nice for those. I've been a Danner fan. Which I have lacrosse, my Danners on, and I love these boots. Like, I love Danners. Uh, lacrosse and Danner, they believe they're either owned by the same or just – well, very similar because so their 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 websites actually connect back and forth. Oh, really? Yes, I didn't know that. And I'm a fan of Solomon's personally. I've had a pair of Solomon's, but I've never had a pair of Solomon's last me more than like a season. See, I've had I've had Solomon run uh, trail runners, and same thing. They last me about eh, maybe two years. See, I have a legit pair of Solomon boots, uh-huh. and I've had them now for about a decade. Really? And they're still going like junk. Them. And they're the ones that I wore. I, I had your same Solomon boot, mm-hmm. and it didn't Just last me apart. a season. Really? Was that because of caving, though? I think caving was the final straw. Mm. Really? But they were already, like, worn yeah. and yeah. everything. Because caving will wear through boots, talking to Greg. And I wonder, because I did wear my boots caving, and it did do noticeable wear really on them when i had done multiple backpacking trips in those boots and not a thing i do one caving trip you think it's just so abrasive and you're like your boots aren't up and down they're sliding and so abrasive everywhere yeah on your boot not just on the soles a layout blind would be another one what's a layout blind like for duck hunting or or crane hunting cliff what's a what's a no budget fishing item that you would add to our list nothing nothing a boat a boat. A boat. A John boat. A John boat. Uh, no. I, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of things that, that I don't have, like things that I would actually want. Mm-hmm. That's from the Air Pro through here. One thing. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Nice camo is always. I got that. I was surprised last year. Uh, my wife collaborated with some family to get me some really nice camo for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Boy, was it a nice surprise. And I was extremely happy and grateful to have received that for Christmas. Yeah, camo, like jackets and stuff are always nice because they're kind of pricey and you don't always want to spend that yeah. type of stuff. And um, I and there's a lot of good camo brands out there. We can name a few. Sitka, uh, Numa. Duck Camp, if you want to keep it close. Duck, Duck Camp. Camp. If you want to keep it close and more reasonable priced. Yeah. I wouldn't say all their stuff is like 100 yeah, I would. It's a hundred percent great. I love Duck Camp. Please, Duck Camp. <laughs> I like. I do like Duck Camp stuff. Uh, Sitka's. I think Ian's fully kitted in Duck Camp. He that's is. honestly that's probably my my next kit. Yeah, I have a Duck Camp uh, uh, wing shooting kit. Yeah, and I like that. I I I have. Uh, I just hunt in like brown pants, and it's done the job for the most part. Um, but I think I'm gonna get a pair of Duck Camp. Uh, pants and a duck camp jacket that kind of match and have one complete kit. All mine at the moment is Sitka. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like kind of like once you build a set too, it's like 
it's kind of hard to break away from it, yeah. which is kind of my issue right now because there are other stuff out there that I want and uh, toy with the idea of. Uh, I like Numa stuff. I like Duck Camp's gear, uh, specifically Duck Camp's waterfowl stuff I really do like. Mm-hmm. Who else was I looking at? I was looking at someone else. Uh, I think it's Canis, Canaan, Cana. I don't know. There's uh, Kuyu and First Light, too. Kuyu is is good stuff. I'm just not a fan of First Light. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with it. I know people who have ran it. You run it. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach runs a hodgepodge, though. Yeah, I do. Oh, boy. You have a Kuyu piece. You have First Light pieces. Yeah. You have... I actually don't have any Sika. That's because yeah. Sika's also way too expensive for my blood when, like, camo's really for the hunter, not for the deer. I don't think... Sitka's any more expensive than First Light. It's definitely not more expensive than Kuyu. Oh, oh no, it's not. But see, with Kuyu, though, I got a discount. I got a 40% off coupon for Kuyu. And same thing with How? First Light, I had a gift card. So I, if I had to do it. How'd you get the discount with Kuyu? It was like a couple weeks into September, and I think they were like, Elk season's already started. People who bought their kits have already bought their kits. They saw me on their website a lot, and like I signed up, but I never uh, so put anything in my cart. It was a one-time. It was a hey, we noticed that you've been looking at this a long time. If you put it in your cart in the next forty-eight hours, we'll give you forty percent off. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. So they, they are tracking you. Yeah, they are, and they got <laughs> me. They got they got my money, but I feel like it was a pretty good deal for me. Uh, Chama chair is another over oh, hundred. That's a that's a fantastic gift. Yeah, I got my yeah, chair. Ever for since we figured out you could put a rifle on the back of it, yeah, <laughs> it's got a rifle sling it on there. It changes it, man. It's a it's game great. changer. Because I was a little bit uh, perturbed at the Chama chair for a while. I was like, it's too heavy to actually carry out here. I'm not going to do it. So it's been a garage chair. I mean, I like it for the things that I do. But if I had to walk a long distance, it's like I'm not taking it. It's not a long distance walking chair. No, no. If it's if you're walking 20 minutes or less, take the Chama. But. Once we found out you could put your gun in it, then it kind of changes things a little because bit. Because you don't lose a shoulder, right? Because right. your gun's over a shoulder and your trauma chair's over a shoulder, and then you usually are carrying other stuff. Well, if you can combine the two and only use one shoulder, it's perfect. Great. Yep. That works really well, too. Perfect. Uh, the Yeti Panga bags, like the duffel. That's a good gift. Why don't you guys, you know what? Just just go to the Yeti website and just like click the I select a random item button and whatever pops up, you just know, I'm sure that. it's gonna be a great gift. Anybody's gonna be happy with it. Yeah, that's pretty much true. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh any last minute home runs for Christmas? A rifle. Game camera. Game cams are a good gift. Yeah. If they have land. No, even if you don't. Because like realistically, if somebody gave me a game camera, I'd be like, Oh, that's great. I don't know where I'm gonna put it. Like realistically, put I it in a first place. I You're not no, thinking. I have no place to put a game camera. I don't put it on the uh, land bridge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have. Th- I think game cam is very specific on if they own. Property. I have three, and I don't own any land. Yeah, but, but yet I utilize all of them. Yeah, but your dad has land. I have access to land around my dad's. Yes. Yeah. Right. I've and also put one up at Landon's place. But see, I wouldn't do that though. Why? Because I go there once a year. Yeah, because, I mean, what's the fun of it? Like, let's be honest. You put the game camera up at our place. It sat there for a year. And you got three months worth of pictures on it? No, I got more than that. Yeah, but, like, if I got a game camera, I don't want it to sit there for a year. I want to be checking it constantly. Like, every day, yeah, because it doesn't do any good to check it right now. It did have the cell phone plan, but there's no service where you put it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed our holiday gift buying. Gift buying. I, I'm considering taking everything we talked about. Put it on an article. Putting it on an article with like links to Amazon or yep, something. I like it. To make it easy for you guys. Um, so be on the lookout for that when this comes out. Uh, go to our website, honeyholeangling.com, and you will find a link to our blog where I will probably uh, put all the stuff on there. Uh, dear urine included, Cliff. Good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Dear urine is a great gift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking. Like, I hate buying it, but I always buy it anyway. I'd... Honestly, if I got deer urine, I wouldn't be like, oh, this gift knocks my socks off. I'm so happy to have it. Oh, I would. I would just give it to Cliff for Easter. Well, y'all don't hunt like I do. Exactly. No, I, w- we hunt. Well, I just don't see the need. Like, I can put scent killer on. I don't also see the need to also include deer urine. I'll say like Because that's a cover scent. I don't hunt like you do. Is dip a cover scent? Yes. <laughs> if I get deer urine, it's your deer urine. Thanks. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. I think R. Kelly used deer urine. Would you use deer feces as a cover scent? I mean, if they packaged it, maybe. <laughs> sell me on it. I'm not I'm not turning my nose up at it. <laughs> <laughs>